Hello, hello. Well, I checked the show notes, or I checked my blood pressure at the show notes right before the show, and uh, 156 over 93. Uh, heart rate 109. <laughs> that was about three minutes ago. Ellie King can't be loved. Quit trying to love me. I done told you I'm not the one Baby, please Quit trying to love me You should know You're just some fun Can I lock my heart don't you even start to try to get in my head I'm stuck in this black I can't ever get by To wait I used to love guys how is it going let's see if everything's working today man i haven't been on here in a little over a week it's been uh it's been a little while guys i miss you did you guys miss me did you guys miss me i'm gonna turn this back up i'm, I'm gonna use some music here in a few moments <clears throat> let's see here i don't have anything set up really <laughs> i had some stuff i had some stuff set up previously um, let's, uh, let's do this real quick. Let's see. So what's going on, guys? What is happening? What you guys been up to? Um, I have been up to just not feeling fucking good. That's what I've been up to, really. And, um... What am I trying to do right now? Well, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get this song in here because I did not get it in here to begin with because I'm ill-prepared, kind of like I always am. But you know what? I had the, the headphones plugged in. The headphones are working today. What I'm going to do today is I'm going to use the mics that, um, Jesus Christ, I got too many fucking rows going on here. I'm going to use the mics that I haven't been using 
Because I'm getting ready to get rid of those motherfuckers, man. Or these motherfuckers. Because... I am going... There we go. That was uh, Ellie King. I think that's how you say it. L King. Ellie King. I think it's only... He has two L's. I got it right. Uh, Can't Be Loved. That was the name of that song. You can find that on the YouTubes. On the tubes. I liked it. I thought it's a good song. She's a fantastic singer. Uh, a lot of her music is fantastic. If you haven't heard any of it, I would highly recommend going out there to, to listen to some of that. <sighs> but I thought that was a, an appropriate song for the mood that I'm in and for the, the happenings of the past few days, the weekend, whatever. But um, So what's going on? I'm just checking things out before we get into the show here to make sure everything is working. I did some major updates on the iPad and the two iPhones, uh, all the computers really, had some major updates that needed to be done. I think that was part of why I was having some connectivity or some lag, some video lag issues. It looks like at the moment, if I scroll through all the videos that I got going on, it looks like at the moment, if I do some, some voguing, Looks like everything is is working. So hopefully everything that I did fixed the problem. I can actually hear my headphones today because I'm actually plugged in through the board. I'm utilizing this microphone today because I got a feeling that in the next week or so I might be putting these microphones, the mic arms, the soundboard, um, everything might be going up on marketplace, and I might be getting rid of all this heavy bulky equipment. Uh, I've already reached out to a couple other podcasters that I know and some other musicians, whoever, that I think might be interested in using these things. I've already reached out to say, hey, are you interested in maybe picking up some of this stuff because I'm thinking about getting rid of it. Uh, I'll probably keep the headphone amplifier for a little bit longer just to see if I can get that to work through the um, through the lavalier mics. I've got those sitting over here actually. So this is the, the receiver that would normally plug into the, to the iPad. And then I've got the, the transmitter here. And I think that I have actually fallen in love with these so much that I'm going to... Oh, nice. It's a big zoom. I'm going to actually zoom out just a tad bit on that because I'm a little too close. And I got the angle just a little bit too far over to the to the left, I guess, but uh, this is one of the transmitters. <clears throat> what I'm going to do is I'm going to send this back to, I like it so much, but I'm going to send this back to Amazon, get my refund back on that, and I'm going to order a different one that actually has two transmitters. Uh, still just has the one receiver that plugs into the iPad, uh, but I'll have two transmitters, so that way I can wear one if I have a guest the guests can have one as well, and I can actually still do some uh, some guest visits <clears throat> with just a lavalier mic instead of using these two big mics. You know, the thing is, I'm, I'm getting ready to move into an RV. You guys know that. I've talked about it. It's no secret. And uh, the house is actually getting listed on the market. I had posted out there the other day that it was going to get listed <clears throat> on the 1st of August. But uh, I felt like I was a little rash in that decision, and it, it didn't give my roommate enough time to kind of get his shit together and get out of here. He's already paid me for the month of August, uh, July and August, so I didn't want to have to prorate you know, money and give him money back and all this kind of stuff. So I figured, why not allow him the rest of August to kind of uh, figure his shit out and, and find an apartment or a house or move in with somebody else or do whatever he's going to do. So I pushed it back to August 15th, and then when I got with my realtor, uh, the 15th is on a Saturday, and my realtor said that uh, historically, from what he's seen in the business that he's been in for a long time, a very successful realtor, <clears throat> he said that uh, successfully, business-wise, it's usually best to list a house on a Thursday or Friday. That way, people will get interested over the weekend. They come out uh they want to take a look, whatever. So I pushed that date back once more to August 20th. So now the listing date is going to be on the 20th. Uh, we've got a photographer coming out actually on the 15th. It's going to take pictures of everything. 
Hopefully I'm going to have a lot less material, a lot less stuff going on in the house by the 15th. So when he takes some pictures, it's going to be a nice, just clean house. You know, a lot of times they say when you list a house that you shouldn't really, God damn it, that's the wrong button. They say you shouldn't really have a whole lot of personal effects and different things inside the house. Uh, when people come into the house, they want to envision that house, excuse me, as their own. Excuse me. And if you got a bunch of pictures up and you got pictures of yourself, pictures of your family, your kids, all these other little knickknacks sitting around, they, they have a hard time envisioning their stuff in the house. So what they recommend a lot of times <clears throat> is that you stage the house, you clean everything out nice and clean, kind of a sterile environment where they can envision their things in the house. I keep looking at this damn picture again. I'm supposed to look at the camera right here. Um, I'm talking to you guys. I want to I want to engage with you guys and have some eye contact. But it's just hard because I want to see myself on the video and just see how things are looking. I've explained that before. But so the house will be, the picture is going to be on the 15th. The house is going to list on the 20th of August. And, you know, the way things are looking, the stuff that I've heard from the market, the, the things even you hear from Trump and the housing market and uh, lowest interest rates and in, in, in Maybe historically, I don't even know really what um, what they are as far as history goes, but but it seems to be a seller's market. There's not a lot of inventory on the market at the moment, um, especially we just had a, a huge PCS season coming into coming into Charleston, and uh, people are buying up houses left and right, and hopefully it's going to be a quick sale, and hopefully I'm going to get what I'm asking for it. If you guys are interested, I think I'm listing the house for. Uh, last time I discussed it with my realtor, we were looking at around two sixty-seven or two sixty-five, two hundred sixty-five thousand for the house. So if you're interested, hit me up, uh, craftconversationspod at gmail.com. I don't think I have that in here anymore. Um, I had this thing set up for Mr. Paul Pietrofesso of the Paul Stone Project to come in last week. Um, even the week before and, and then this week, this past week. But um, anyway, I don't have the email set up. So it's craftconversationspod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also hit me up on all the platforms, Podbean, YouTube, uh, my Facebook page, Instagram. And just shoot me a message if you think you're interested, and I'll let you know in available time. I'll get you up, hit you up with my realtor, and we can figure that out get you in here for a viewing or whatever, but <clears throat> I think it's finally going to happen. You know, I, I sat down and I decided uh, late last week that it's, it's time that, um, you know, it's, uh, some falling out of some things over the, over the past week or so that uh, there's no longer anything holding me here, you know, There's no reason for me to stay anymore. And I figured if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get out of here, if I'm gonna do this thing, I need to I need to set a date. I need to set a deadline. If I just keep saying, oh, I'm gonna get out of here soon, or uh, I'll list it uh, next month, or I'll list it two weeks from now, I'll list it another month from now, I'll list it in September, I'll list it when the you know when the when the backyard is ready, I'll list it. I'll I'll, I'll I'll list it whenever I've got everything sold out of the house. I'll list it uh, when the weather is better. I'll list it when I don't uh, possibly have a, a relationship going on or whatever, if I just keep pushing it back, I'll never get out of here. I'll never sell the house. And I've got my kids that are waiting on me on the West Coast. They're excited. Um, they both said they think I should have gotten out of here a long time ago <laughs> because they really know the uh, uh, some of the struggles that I have here uh, hanging out in the South. Um, you know, and one of the main reasons that I've stayed here, the, the main biggest reason I've stayed here is because my parents, you know, they're both uh, in their mid-70s. They're not getting any younger. Um, I can see, you know, uh, the aging process happening, I mean, in real time. And it used to be even more uh, prominent when I was uh, in the military, when I would come back every once a year or maybe even uh, once every couple years or, you know, not very often I would come back um, just periodically, and, and you could definitely see a decline and see a difference. Not necessarily a decline, but you could definitely see 
the changes. And it's, it's a lot harder to see the changes when you're actually in real time and you see these people on a daily basis. It's hard to, to recognize that. But I can definitely see that, um, you know, stuff doesn't last forever. And, you know, some of you will maybe will say, well, then why are you going to move away? If your parents are here and, and they're getting to that stage in life where you don't know how much longer they have left, why would you leave and take a chance of, of, um, of them? Oh, man. It's making me uh, emotional even to just, just think about what I'm trying to say, to think about what I'm thinking <laughs> But, you know, why would you move away if, if there's a possibility that they uh, might not be around much longer? Well, that's a good question. And, um, you know, I've thought about it long and hard. And I think as a parent, and anyone out there that is a parent, that is a parent, will know exactly what I'm saying. But I think, you know, God damn it. Why am I getting so emotional? As a parent, you want your, your kids to do what makes them happy. You want them to be where they're happy. You want them to do uh, what they love doing. You want them to enjoy life and And just, um, fuck. As a parent, you know, you just want your kids to, to be themselves and to do their, to do their thing. You've done your thing. You know, as a parent, you've, you've, you've hopefully nurtured them and, and helped them grow and taught them and, uh, made them wise to the ways of the world. And even though you don't like them, you know, just initially even to see them leave the nest, uh, you still want them to fly. So, I think it's my time to to fly, and it's my time to be with my children. You know, I, I came back to town to be with my parents and to be with my... God damn it. I didn't want to get so emotional on the show. But yeah, so it's a big toss-up. I mean, you got your parents on one side, you got your kids on the other side. You know, um, what are you going to do? And then you've got your own life. You might not even worry about your own kids. You might not worry about your parents at all. You might just want to to go off and be on your own and do your own thing. Let, the, let your kids do their thing. Let your parents do their thing. Everybody's going to die eventually. And there's really nothing you can do about it. And you can't sit around worrying about what-ifs and... Um, You just can't. You just can't sit around and worry about it, you know. And and while I've been thinking about this, and I've been contemplating, and I've been really getting closer to to finally making this move, and finally selling this house, and finally getting on the road, getting into an RV, uh, having my adventures of my own, going out to see my kids. Um, every night lately has kept me up thinking, you know, what if I leave? All of a sudden I get over to Arizona, I get over to Nevada, I get to California, Oregon, Colorado, Washington State, wherever I'm going to go. Uh, probably starting off up through Tennessee and maybe through Illinois, some different places. I've talked about it before, but, you know, what if? What if something happens as soon as I leave and I'm not here? And I'm not here to say goodbye. But the thing is, my parents know. They know that I love them. They know that I've given them my all. I mean, just this weekend, my parent, my dad went out of town for a golfing trip, an annual golfing trip that he does every year. God damn, I was already stuffy enough and my head's already congested enough. Now it's even worse. But um, 
you know, my dad went off for a golfing trip uh, this weekend up to Boone, North Carolina, and, uh, you know, corresponded with my mom a few times back and forth on email, and then I went over and stayed with her one night, stayed the night, stayed overnight, <sighs> sat down, and, you know, we ate some, we ordered out and ate some food and watched some TV shows together and just talked and laughed and... So, every damn day I think about it. I don't know what I would do without him. But it's eventually going to happen. That's, that's life, right? God damn it. Alright, we're going to open a beer. That's what we're going to fucking do right now. Shit. I'm going to actually blow my nose into this handkerchief. Oh, fuck. Sorry, guys. So anyway, that's what's, that's what's up. <laughs> that's what's happening. I'm getting ready to move. Uh, house is going on the market on the 20th. And uh, the cool thing is, once I do sell the house, hopefully it sells quickly, and hopefully I get what I'm asking for it. So I can put a lot of that money in my pocket, and, and that's going to help with a lot of the preparations that I need, to, the initial preparations that I need to get on the road. And, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> oh, but a good thing is, uh, once I do sell here, basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to move over to my parents' house for a little bit. I don't know how long I'll stay there, but long enough for me, uh, you know, I'm going to take the, the sale of the house, take some of that money, and I've got to do some upgrades to my truck. Uh, i got to replace some tires. i got to, you know, make sure I do a 100,000-mile tune-up because it's almost at 100,000 miles. So I'm going to take that money and do a lot of things just in preparation to make sure that I've got safe travels on the road and that I've got every every uh, every angle covered as far as safety and comfort and those type things before I hit the road. I'm going to, uh, well, let's open this beer real quick. But Jesus Christ. What a beginning to a show, right? Fuck. So we're going to open this beer. Shit, I thought I forgot. I, I thought I logged on here. God, I don't even know how. How do I even look on this video now? I'm all fucking. I'm all red and blotchy. All right, here we go. So let's type this thing in real quick. Still loving this tiny keyboard, by the way. Love it. Got the one on my iPad over here. Got the one on the, the Surface Pro. Surface Pro, I'm running through Audacity. Like I said, the board is on today. Got my headphones on. Everything sounds great. Might be one of the, the few times left that I'm still using this uh, mic. I'm going to a mobile system. You know, I told a friend of mine earlier today uh, that I was asking, a fellow podcaster, I was asking if he wanted to purchase some of this stuff. And I told him, look, man, I'm, I'm going mobile. I'm getting rid of all this heavy stuff. You know, I, I, I'm going to be in a, a tiny RV. I'm actually even looking at something tinier than I was looking at initially. You know, initially I was looking like 22, 24 foot feet trailer. And um, now I'm, I'm thinking even lower than 20 feet. Or, or not lower. I guess lower. It's lower than 20, 20, 16. And, uh, you know, these things I've looked at, there's not a lot of room in there. I mean, there's plenty of room for me and for Leia, the dog, but uh, it's going to be tight. So I figured, and, and, and the biggest thing is I'm going to be mobile. Excuse me. So I'm going to be out roaming around. I might want to go out into a nature scene. I might want to might want to go sit by a river. I might want to be up on a mountain. I might want to be out in the desert near a Joshua tree. I might want to be at a brewery, a restaurant, a business, and uh, doing an interview with somebody or, or a conversation with somebody uh, remotely. And right now, we're going to open this beer. But right now, if I go out, right, what I've done in the past, you know, I went to Holy City. I went to Wide Awake Brewing Company. I went to... Uh, did a couple of things at Homegrown. I did one at uh, Fleming Moore's house on his back porch. Um, all these remote locations that I've gone when I went. Well, uh, Colorado, we just used a cell phone and it kind of sucked. The audio sucked on it stuff. But so right now, uh, in the past, when I've done that, I take this mic, I take the uh, control arm, 
I take the other mic in its arm. I take two headphones. I take my board, which has a USB cable. I have to have the, the mic uh, cables to plug into the board, uh, the XLR inputs. Um, I have to have the power cord to the board. I have to have the power cord to the Surface Pro. A lot of stuff that goes into it. And the main thing is I had to have power whenever I went out and did these things. Well, what I want to do now is I want to go completely mobile. So all I have to do when I go out and about, and this is what I told that friend of mine today, is when I go out and about uh, from now on, all I want to do is I want to grab my iPad. I want to grab both my cell phones, uh, both my tripods, and uh, my lavalier mics. And that's it. Everything is battery powered. Everything is, uh, make sure everything is fully charged. I go out. I don't have to plug anything in. I can go remotely. I can go sit by a river. I don't need any power outlets whatsoever. So that's what I'm moving towards. And the the big stuff that I have right now just doesn't allow me to do that. Yeah, it'd be nice maybe to plug it in and have it set up in the RV uh, where I've got power and I can utilize that. But I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. The lavalier mics, they're, they're uh, bi-directional uh, condenser mics as well. Not quite as fancy and good as, of course, these guys. Um, you know, how would they be in a little a little mic like this? But that's what all the news channels use, uh, a lot of the podcasters, YouTubers, whatever. So I want to be completely mobile, um, tiny. Everything that I'm doing is tiny. So whether it's going to be the RV um, minimalist as far as clothing and, and equipment and gear and uh, utensils and kitchen items and just everything. You get the idea. So that's part of this minimalist movement. And part of me going small is to have a small footprint as far as my podcasting equipment. So that is my plan. Um, you know, it's nice to have this Surface Pro here. It's nice to have my Mac where I can play the music through it separately and I can do all these different things. Three different computers set up, this nice table, a monitor if I want to display some stuff. But it's not necessary. It's overkill. Uh, it's nice if you have a nice giant room in a studio like this. You know, I don't even know what this room is, a 20 by 20 or something like that. But it's just too much. It's too much for an RV lifestyle and for an on-the-go lifestyle. So anyway, that was... A lot of talk about nothing. And my son will tell me I need to edit that kind of shit out because, <laughs> because I'm just talking about bullshit. But, you know, that's what we do sometimes. We talk about bullshit. So, here we go. Let's see what we got here on the mix. So, another beer from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. This is an Imperial uh, IPA, a double IPA, New England style. It is called Fantastic Haze. Let's see if we can pull it up here. Let's see if we can get it into the frame first time. Hey, look at that. Fantastic Haze, Imperial IPA, Sierra Nevada. I still haven't quite got it. There you go, guys. We were in search of something fantastic, something juicy, something hazy, something ripe with notes of mango, melon, and citrus. So we said, reason be damned and filled our kettles with five hot varieties and loads of malt, oats, and wheat. Some may call that absurd. We call it absurdly fantastic. Uh, the bittering hops in here are Amarillo, Azaka, Chinook, Idaho 7, and Strata. Uh, they use two-row two row pale malts and wheat and oats. They used an ale yeast. That's it. It's 9% ABV, alcohol, alcohol by volume. It's 40 IBUs, which is International Bittering Units. It's got an average rating of 3.8. It's got over 26,000 ratings so far. I have not had this beer. At least it, this is not checked in on Untapped yet. So, so yeah. Fantastic Haze Imperial IPA from Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada is out of Chico, California. They are also up in, uh, it's Mills River, I think. Um, North Carolina. So, Asheville, Mills River, whatever you want to call it. Let's try it. Let's taste this guy. See what we can. Mm. It's not a heavy. 
Not a heavy hop uh, aroma up front. I think I get more of the melon than I do the mango and the citrus. But, um, yeah. Hmm. That's a good balance. A good balance of everything they mentioned in there. Mango, melon, and citrus. I, I'm having a hard time. On the nose, I felt like I got the melon mostly. I think maybe in the in the mouth, I still I get the melon more than I do the mango and the citrus. The citrus is probably secondary. Mango maybe on the back end. I'm not sure. My sense of taste is it's a little skewed, I think, at the moment. I haven't lost my sense of smell or taste with any of the stuff going on. I guess we'll get into that next, but... Um, but I definitely have a lack thereof, or a, not a lack, because I'm not lacking it. It's, it's still there. What would the word be? A lessened uh, sense of taste. My smell is fine. I, th I feel like I smell everything still perfectly, but my taste um, is a little lacking. I'm, I'm having a hard time picking up some flavors, and things just taste a little off. Like that just, you know, a couple of beers I've had today, um, it just tastes a little off, a little too bitter, like maybe the sweetness of my palate has uh, kind of diminished a little bit and I'm just picking up nothing but the bitter. Uh, so maybe that's not why I'm not picking up some more of this. I'm picking up more citrus maybe than I am the melon and the mango. So I don't know. All I know is it's hot as fuck up here or either I'm just, I'm just running hot right now. It's probably because my blood pressure is so fucking peaked and, uh, yeah, let's see what the let's see what the blood pressure is real quick, and then we'll we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about some of these things here. So, I just got back actually. Had a full day of appointments today. You know, I've been uh, you know from the past episodes. And I know I'm talking during the blood pressure thing. You're not supposed to do that, but all right. Um, since about the 20th of June, I've been having some symptoms that I thought were COVID related. I've had two different COVID tests. Uh, both of them have come back negative. My base doctor is not, uh, he's not convinced that, that I don't have COVID, but he has no proof that I do have COVID or the coronavirus. I'm not going to call it what uh, your president calls it. Hold on. Let this thing count down real quick. And obviously, I've just been sitting here for the last 33 minutes. I'm talking. I've got a little excited. I've got a little emotional. But we're now, uh, we started off at, uh, before the show started, at 156 over 93, heart rate of 109. We are now at 144 over 77, heart rate still of 98. So I'm still, I'm still, still running a little, a little heavy. <laughs> running a little red line still. I don't know why. But so since June 20th, I've been having, you know, issues. I've been having a headache. I've been having sore throat, earaches, uh, nasal drainage, um, congestion, uh, phlegmy, uh, phlegm in the throat, uh, dry cough. I've had some wheezing at night, uh, especially while laying on my back and in the middle of the night while sleeping, um, trouble sleeping. I think some of the trouble sleeping, obviously, like I said, has been just the anticipation of this move and. Everything that I've got to do and get together, just a lot of worry. And excuse me, every single night, you know, I'm sitting there trying to go to sleep. And I'm like, God damn it, Brian, stop thinking about that stuff. You're going to sleep. It's two o'clock in the morning. There's no need. There's no reason for you to be thinking about any of this stuff. Just go to sleep. There's nothing you can do about it at two o'clock in the morning. Stop thinking about it. And just, uh, you know, when you wake up in the morning, then you can start thinking about all this stuff again. So I've been trying to, to do some self-talk and and get myself to, to calm down and go to sleep at night. But the combination of the, the cold or the virus or the bacteria that I've got and the, the anticipation of, uh, of selling this house and moving and all these other unknown things um, just kind of weigh down on, you know. And So since June 20th, you know, twice I've, uh, I've waited on, I've thought I've had uh, the coronavirus, I've been waiting on tests, 
Um, so, you know, you're supposed to quarantine for 10 to 14 days on each one. So you're talking 20 to 28 days that, uh, you know, I'm kind of incapacitated. I'm not able to do anything. I'm supposed to sit, I'm supposed to sit around and do nothing. I'm not supposed to hang out with anybody. I'm supposed to quarantine. I'm supposed to distance and, and, and stay isolated and things like that. So had a lot of people that, that want me to do things. I've had uh, some podcasts set up, um, whether it be actually in here in the studio across the table from me or virtually on the video chat. I've had to cancel a couple of those because I'm just like, man, I, I just I don't know if I'm safe. I don't know if it's safe for me um, for you to be that close to me. Uh, I've had people that that want to hang out and want to do stuff stuff with me. And, I, and it feels like I'm making excuses as to why I don't want to hang out with somebody. And it feels like I'm just sitting at home texting everybody and and not being involved and being antisocial. But what else are you supposed to do? I mean, if you don't feel good and you don't feel like going out, you don't feel like, uh, you know, with the interaction of people, the crowds, the noise, whatever, you just want to self-isolate. Um, and you're not supposed to really be around people. I don't care who it is, you know, my parents, I mean, I've seen them since June 20th. I've maybe seen them, you know, a few, a handful of times. And normally I'm over there a couple of times a week. So, and I mean, even now I'm just I'm labored, just talking and getting all this stuff off my chest and my chest is, is tight and my breathing is labored. And so anyway, I, <clears throat> so you, you guys know, I did a test, came back negative. I went to the doctor about three weeks ago. They did a chest X-ray. It came back negative. They did some lab work. They did a urinalysis, all the all the labs, and the urinalysis came back fine. All my numbers were pitch perfect. I wasn't deficient in anything. All my numbers were good. Didn't have a increased white blood cell count or liver enzymes or any of the stuff that says that your body's trying to fight something, even though it's obviously fighting something. It's doing something because I'm definitely not feeling well. Um, and then, like I've mentioned before, you know, some of these things mirror uh, some of the symptoms that I have with my polycythemia. So it's kind of hard to discern, well, is, is it polycythemia type stuff? Because you get headaches, you get ringing in the ear, you get uh, dizziness, you get fatigue, you get all these types of things. You also get that with a common cold. You also get that with the flu. You get that with COVID. You get that with a sinus infection. So uh, the doctor said, look, I think I see the signs, you know, we looked at my nose, my ears. I think I see maybe a little bit of a sinus infection, but let's just let it play out. Uh, you've had this thing for a couple of weeks already. Normally, if it's a viral infection, it, it usually goes away in about two weeks. Um, we'll say right now that it's going to go away in three weeks. So he said, give it another week. Hopefully it just goes away. He also said at the time I would recommend another COVID test. And that's what I did. I took another COVID test. It came back negative. So I've just been waiting and waiting and waiting. <clears throat> And, um, you know, I've, I've been just self-medicating. I've been taking some NyQuil. I've been doing uh, just Tylenol, Advil. The uh, At least the temperature, you know, the mild temperature spikes I've been having have calmed down. I haven't really had any any um, any low-grade fevers or fevers in general. But another three weeks went by, and I'm still having problems. And it seemed like over the past week, it's got even increasingly more uh, pressure in the head when I bend over. Um, dizziness when I stand back up, extreme pressure, a lot of it in the, in the top of the jaw here, uh, near the, near the temple, um, ears, when I blow my nose, ears just feel like they're popping, like you're in an airplane or, or coming down from a mountain, <clears throat> you know, elevation changes and stuff like that. My right ear has felt like it's about half of the volume that it normally is. I'm looking at the wrong camera. About half the volume that it normally is. So I'm having some hearing issues in, in one side of the year, a little bit every now and then in the left. So I finally just said on Friday of last week, I said, man, let's just schedule another goddamn appointment. I had a phlebotomy scheduled already for today. So I went and got my blood work done for my phlebotomy first thing this morning. Uh, my number was elevated enough, my hematocrit numbers elevated enough where they said, yes, you definitely need the phlebotomy. So we did the phlebotomy. And then I had an appointment scheduled at the Air Force Base. That, that was all done at the VA. Had an appointment at the Air Force Base at 3 p.m. this afternoon. Uh, saw the doctor again, and he said, yeah, um, it seems like you, you definitely got something going on that's not going away through just normal treatment, just leaving it alone, letting, letting things just take care of themselves. Your body's not handling it, so let's get you on a regimen to see if we can get this thing knocked out. <clears throat> so with that said, 
And I don't know if you can tell that I've got kind of a raspy, uh, hoarse type voice, and that's kind of one of the symptoms with the with the sinus infection. And um, so they uh, he prescribed me some uh, prednisone, which is a steroid, corticosteroid. Uh, we're going to hook up hook up with an antibiotic, and then there's something else that he gave me, and I can't. I came for the life of me. Ever since I left the base, I was trying to tell people, my parents and some other people that were inquiring about uh, my appointment, what the third thing was that I was prescribed. But <clears throat> by the time I got done with the appointment, the pharmacy was about to close. They didn't have time enough to fill those prescriptions, and I'm not going to pay for them at a Walmart or anything like that because I get them for free <clears throat> on base. So I decided uh, I'll go back first thing in the morning and pick up those prescriptions and get on a regimen. So hopefully... By the end of this week, I'm going to be feeling 100% better, and we're going to get all the, out of the woods on this thing. So I don't know if it's COVID. It's a good possibility. You know, all these symptoms kind of run together. I could have a couple of false negatives on these tests, and maybe it is. I'm not going to say it is and just make it out to be like, hey, I've got the coronavirus. I think it's just a sinus infection, but, you know, is that something that popped up with, with the virus? So who knows? But that's what's going on right now, so I'm not feeling too great. My blood pressure is a little elevated. I'm hoarse. My hearing is not that good. I'm congested. Uh, I've got a huge headache. I mean, I mentioned a little while ago that I felt like my head was going to explode. There's so much pressure in my head. Um, I took a couple allergy pills earlier. That seemed to help a little bit. Not a whole lot, but so that's what's going on, guys. That's what's going on. Um, yeah. My parents, man. <clears throat> Yesterday was my parents' 56th wedding anniversary. 56 goddamn years. I can't remember what my um, my parents, my grandparents on my dad's side, I know they went to 50. I can't remember how far past 50 they went before my grandfather passed away. It wasn't much further than 50, though, so I think my, I think my parents may have outlasted my, my grandparents on my dad's side. They definitely outlasted on my mother's side. I can't remember what theirs were, was, but it definitely was not even 50 years, I don't believe. Excuse me. So, 56 years. Jesus Christ. I started thinking back about it. You know, I got divorced in, uh, in 2013. In, in May of 2013, that August, we would have been married 21 years. This August, uh, next month, on the 19th of August, would have been 28 years that we would have been married. 21, almost 21, was, was a pretty good length already. I mean, if you look at uh, the length of marriages now, I don't know what the average is. I could probably type that up, look that up real quick. But let's do that real quick. <clears throat> what? What? What is the average marriage length in the U.S.? There we go. Ooh, seven to eight years. Holy fuckballs. The average duration of a marriage in the U.S. is about seven to eight years. And although marriage is an institution which makes children, child-rearing most Efficacious marriages in which uh, there are children end in divorce with a higher frequency than those marriages without children. Wow. I did not fucking realize that at all. That didn't make any sense to me. So (laughs) does that that mean the children are the reason that people get divorced? Holy shit. Seven, eight years. I would not have guessed that. I mean, I knew... You know, there's always been that statistic out there that 50% of all marriages end in divorce, but I didn't know they ended in divorce that soon. So, fuck. I guess we lasted uh, quite a fucking long time compared to the average. And we had two kids, so we beat the average on, on all points. I can't sit like that. I'm too close to the table. I can't, can't cross my legs. So, yeah, I mean... I got my pen all fucked up. <clears throat> that is unbelievable. I have never looked that up. I never knew that. All I knew was that 50% number that all marriages end, or 50% of marriages end in divorce. 
70 years. So we lost 21. That's, uh, you know, we more than doubled the national average. So think about my parents at 56 years. It's just amazing that they've stayed together that long. And, you know, <laughs> I've lived with them for, for over a year when I came back to, uh, to Somerville. I've been back and forth. I've seen them all my life, obviously. And, uh, you know, I could definitely tell there's been some times where, uh, they're like, we need to, we need to cut this off. We need to get out of here. We need to get out of here. But I guess there comes a point where you're just like, fuck it. What am I going to do? You know, 56 years later, what am I going to do now? We're going to divorce. What happens then? So sometimes it's, it's, you know, what do they say? It's cheaper to keep her, cheaper to keep him. Could be the way. But I'm just in awe at 56 years. And, um, you know, I got to spend the morning of the 56th uh, year with my mother yesterday. My dad didn't come back until the afternoon, so I haven't seen him yet, but I, you know, wished them both well yesterday. Um, and then today we had another celebration. They're back to back. My, my younger brother, Kevin, his daughter, uh, Kayla turned 14 yesterday or today. I'm sorry, today. So July 26th and the 27th are two big days in, in our family. 56 years. So, you know, sometimes I look back and I say, man, oh, should I have stuck it out? You know, I had a, had a friend of mine ask me the other day uh, some relationship advice, and I posted a couple of things on Facebook about it, uh, what I call the Dales' thoughts from the Zen Garden. Um, when I just, people ask me some questions, and I was trying to put my thoughts down on, on paper or online or whatever and just kind of write it out, think it out. Sometimes I do better writing things out as a thought. So I used to do that quite a bit before I started this podcast. And that's kind of a, kind of what grew into this podcast. But, you know, uh, this person asked me some relationship advice and, you know, am I the best person to ask for relationship advice? No. I mean, I feel like I had a good upbringing. I feel like, of course, my parents are 56 years in. Uh, I feel like they're a good example of how you can make something work uh, no matter what the odds you know, they had three children. They've got uh, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six grandchildren now. And maybe that maybe that makes uh, some of it easier. You know, maybe when you when your kids get out there and they start having kids and you have grandkids and maybe that just brings everything together and just makes everything even more worth it to stay uh, with your significant other uh, when you have all these other uh, life happenings going on. But you know, the question was, how do you know when to stay? How do you know when to go? How do you know when it's when it's right, when it's not right? And I don't have any answers at all. I mean, it's all individualized. You know, this person uh, gave me their side of the story of what was going on with them. And I've had this conversation with numerous people. A lot of people come to me and ask me for advice because they feel like I've, I've been there, done that. And I, and I have led a pretty exciting life and I've, I've done quite a bit more, I think, than most people in their lifetimes. And I have, have some experience, uh, military, whatever, uh, living in different locations overseas. Um, so people come to me with these things, and I don't have any answers as far as relationship goes. I'm, I feel like I'm one of the last people you should ask for relationship advice. Uh, yes, my marriage lasted almost 21 years. Um, yes, I stayed... 21 plus years in the military, and I did another uh, three plus years as a, as a contractor for the military. Uh, so I know about sticking things out. Um, you know, I've run marathons, ultra marathons, whatever. I know about staying in the game and not giving up. And I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have given up. Maybe. A lot of times I think, not a lot of times, I really feel like I've only given up two things in my life. Um, fuck, I'm going to get emotional again. But first, I feel like I gave up on my marriage. Well, not first. First, um, there was one marathon that I did not complete. It was the first ever race that I've done. Any of these endurance races um, that I've done, whether it be Spartan, whether it be marathons, triathlons, ultra marathons, 5K, 10K, 10 milers, um, 
anything I've done, the only race, the only adventure, the only thing I ever quit, and they call it a DNF because I did not did not did not finish was a um, the Mayor's Marathon in Anchorage, Alaska. It was my third time running it, and for some reason. I felt like I was prepared for it. I mean, I, I was a constant runner while I was in, in, in Alaska. I mean, it wasn't a day that went by that I was not running. And usually that was anywhere from six to nine miles easily on a day. Um, a lot of times more than that. <clears throat> so I was always in shape. I had run this race two times already. So I knew the course. I knew the temperature. I, I knew everything about the race. Excuse me, and I really thought that this particular time I was going to do the best out of any of the other any of the three times that I had ran the race. I was going to do my best on this particular one, and actually, the the first two times I ran it by myself. Of course, you know, five thousand other people or whatever the the course held on that on those particular races. They were smaller races, and the third particular race I ran it with a buddy of mine named Jeff Patterson. He was stationed with me there in, in physical therapy, uh, one of my uh, subordinates that I supervised. And uh, we were going to run it together, and I was hoping to stay with him the entire time. About six miles in, I was like, Jeff, man, don't stay with me any longer. I'm, I'm really not feeling well. Um, I feel like I've already hit a wall, and I haven't even gotten to where you would normally hit a wall, usually 18, 19, 20 miles when, you're, when your glucose store is kind of uh, – draw down. And this is back when I was a glucose burner and I was, I was really big into uh, sugar and glucose as far as endurance running. And now uh, most of the events that I do, uh, my last one being in 2018, I was uh, a fat burner and, you know, fat adapted and keto and all those types of things. But at this time I was still a glucose burner. And I think, uh, you know, normally when you do what they call hitting the wall. That's when you've run through all your glucose stores within your muscles. Your glycogen is, is, is depleted and you hit that wall and you've got to kind of push through, um, and either replenish some glu- some glucose through, uh, you know, the aid stations, some gel packs, uh, Gatorade, all these different things where you get some sugars in, or you either have to switch fuel sources and you have to become, you know, you punch through that wall and maybe a mile, two miles later, you get over that wall and your body says, okay, now we're going to start burning some of your fat for fuel. And you kind of pick up energy again, you get ketones burning and, um, and you, you, you move on and you finish the race or whatever. When this particular race, six miles in, I felt like I'd already depleted everything that I had stored up. So needless to say, I did not prepare well enough nutrition wise before that race. I, I had the mileage in, had the time on my feet, but uh, I didn't have the the proper energy, the proper nutrition going on before that race. Six miles in, I said, man, I'm toast. Jeff, just go ahead, take off. Don't let me slow you down. So he took off. I went another mile. I went another mile. So I'm eight miles. I said, fuck it, just try and get to another mile. I went nine. I said, just try and go one more. I went 10. Next thing you know, I got to mile 13. There was an aid station there at mile 13, halfway through. And I pulled into the aid station, had my watch on there. I said, man, I'm at 13 miles. I just completed a half marathon. I'm going to call it a day. I'm good to go. My left arm was was basically numb. My shoulders were on fire, knots in my traps. I was dizzy. I was having tingling in both extremities. My legs were just like... uh, lead logs that I just could not lift. And at mile 13, I just stopped at the aid station. I said, all right, guys, um, I think I'm done. <laughs> if one of you guys could give me a ride back to my car, I would appreciate it. I, I'm not going any further than this. I've done a half a marathon. That's enough for me today. Um, so anyway, that's the first thing, first event that I ever, first thing in my life, really, that I ever did not finish. I mean, I finished really anything else that I put my mind to growing up. And um, I didn't feel bad about it. I had accomplished plenty of races prior to that. As a matter of fact, I'd already done a, my first ultra marathon prior to that. I did a 50-mile ultra marathon in Hope, Alaska. That was, um, I think I did that in July. And this particular race was in November, I believe, if I remember correctly. So, you know, three months later, after I just ran a 50-mile mo- 50 50 ultramarathon, I couldn't run damn 26.2 miles. And I kept, that was my mantra the whole time. Like, come on, Brian, 
you fucking ran a goddamn 50 mile ultra marathon. How come you can't run 26.2 miles? I mean, just suck it up, do it, push through it. Uh, it's all mind over matter. And, and really that's what I used to tell people is uh, running is 90% mental and the rest of it's in your head. Really? I mean, and David Goggins has a, has a quote that, uh, when you think you're done, you're really only at about 40% of what your body can do. So I kept telling myself, man, come on, just push, push, push. And I pushed, to, I pushed to 13 miles. That's as far as I could push. So anyway, that's the first thing I've ever quit in my life, uh, called a did night finish. And then the second thing I feel like I quit in life was my marriage. And, you know, when that anniversary hit yesterday for my parents, it just, it made me reminiscent and made me think back. And, you know, I still get, uh, you know, you go on Facebook memories and you look at memories and I, I get a lot of memories daily from my time in Alaska and my time with my ex-wife and my kids and, you know, the, the entire family thing we had going on there for six and a half years, which was pitch perfect. And, uh, you know, you still think back sometimes with regret, like, what if I would have stuck it out? How would my life be different? What would, what would I have done differently? How would things be different? Where would I be right now? You know, what state would I be living in? What job would I have? What would my kids be doing differently? You know, there's a butterfly effect. There's a ripple that, you know, <clears throat> I keep saying, you know, the whole, this whole fucking show. But you, you and I say you think about that. I, I think about it. The ripple effect, the butterfly effect of how everybody's life, whether it be my parents, uh, my ex-in-laws, my kids, my brothers, how everybody in my life got affected from the decisions that I made. And I don't think that happens with all decisions. I mean, most of the decisions that I make only affect me or maybe a small a handful of people. But I feel like this decision affected a lot of people. And I don't know if it affected them beneficially or if it negatively negative, negatively affected them and uh you know those are the things that some kind of sometimes just beat your head up and uh, beat you up inside wondering and that's when people will tell you well don't live in the past and that's in the past you can't change it you can't do anything about it and i realize that and uh, i give people that same advice that uh you know you can't change the past you can't affect the future all you can do is live in the present and just move forward. And I try and do that for the most part, but it's it's hard sometimes to not reflect and, and you know that hindsight is twenty twenty type thing and think, what if? What would have been different? What would have happened? Um, you know, I mean, and they make movies about that, right? The butterfly effect. They make movies, uh, you know, what a wonderful life. Those type things where people think back and say, how would my life be different if I would have done this one thing differently? And uh, it'll beat you up inside if you if you take too much time to think about it. And I'm not a big proponent of forgetting the past. And, you know, there's a big conversation going on right now about the past and about forgetting it. And I think you have to you have to remember it and you have to remember the good times. You have to remember the bad times. You have to realize that you, uh, you know, the decisions you made have been made. But it's not a bad thing to, to sit back and reflect on. On some of those things, and, and sometimes that might affect uh, some of the decisions that you make in the future, just by going back and looking at some of the things you've done in the past. And you can learn from those things, and, and hopefully make better decisions in the up and coming, in the present. That'll affect the up and coming future. So, so anyway, what was my whole story about that? Well, somebody asked me about relationships, and, and that's what that's what happened. But um, and I'll be honest, you know, which I always try and do on this show, but, uh, that's definitely affected, uh, a lot of the ways that I view relationships, you know, based on what happened in that relationship. And, you know, just as a precursor, if you want to, you can read my book here. It's all fun and games and tell. You can find that on lulu.com. And uh, that'll give you a little insight into the beginnings of, of my marriage and our first uh, 
place that we were stationed down there military, in uh, Moody Air Force Base, Georgia. But, I don't know. Seven to eight years is the, is the average. That's just amazing. Um, yeah, and speaking about memories in Alaska, I mean, that's what kind of brought up some stuff. Uh, you know, I had a memory come up uh, today, as a matter of fact, of a fantastic hike. I mean, you talk about hiking and outdoors and, and different things in Alaska. Oh, my God. I mean, really, you know, I talked about it with, a, with an ex-co-worker of mine, which I'm going to go see here very shortly in Colorado Springs. She's now stationed there, an ex-occupational therapist that I worked with. I was stationed with in, in Iraq, as a matter of fact, and then stationed with her in Alaska. And uh, we've been in touch, you know, ever since uh, 2006, known her for a long time. And there's another physical therapist out there as well, Colorado Springs. But um, what was I was saying, oh, so fantastic time. And I even asked her, I said, what was your, so far, she's still in. Uh, she, she'll retire pretty soon. But I asked her, what was your best assignment so far? And she said it would be Alaska or England or the UK, I guess. So Alaska was fantastic, man. And there's not a lot of people that I know of that did not like it. I mean, it's kind of the... The hidden gem, the hidden jewel of the Air Force as far as an assignment and there in Anchorage, Alaska. And even Elmendorf, I've heard, or not Elmendorf, um, Fairbanks, Alaska, I've even heard is, is fantastic as well, even though it's way more isolated and bitter cold up there. But Anchorage was fantastic. One of my, one of the best experiences I've had in my life. And I've, I've had a lot of great experiences, but six and a half years in Alaska was at the top of the list so far. So I get these memories all the time of stuff that I've done there and it's just amazing. But anyway, I'm going to get out of here, guys. I was going to call Caleb Choir tonight, but I think I'm going to save that for the next show. It's kind of late. It's 1017 in the PM right now. I got to edit this thing and put it all together. But I think on the next show, whenever that may be, I'm going to call Mr. Caleb Choir. Uh, the Like I Said podcast, he's got his thing up and running. Got a new studio he just put together. and He moved out of uh, Coastal Coffee Roasters uh, studio space that he was running there for a couple hundred bucks a month. And he's uh, in an apartment now with a couple guys. Got a new studio space he's building. And I guess he's decided uh, he can't do the show. I don't know if he can't or if he just doesn't want to or he thinks it's just too much work uh, when he has to work a day job and and do his uh, watercolors and all this other kind of stuff. But uh, he had mentioned that he's trying to put together a team for his podcast so he didn't have to do it all by himself. And uh, I'm going to call him up on the next show, I think. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> I'm going to give him a phone call. Uh, we'll take away one of these cameras. I'll have my phone. And uh, we're going to call him live on the air and uh, just talk to him about it, see, see if he wants to talk about it, and uh, see if he – Needs any help from me or if there's anything I can do to help him. I might even, you know, offer him some some equipment if he needs some some more equipment that I'm getting rid of. But I figured it would be fun to, to get Caleb on the phone because he won't come in here to the studio for whatever reason and do a show and sit down and just kind of catch up. But uh, maybe we can catch up a little bit on the phone if he doesn't hang up on me. But So look for that on the next episode. I think this week, uh, what is today? Today is... The 27th, I believe on August 1st, I might have a guest in here. I'm not going to mention the name. Uh, He's got a new album that just dropped and a couple of music videos and some different things that he's doing. Um, I think we're going to try and get together. Hopefully these meds will kick in. I'll be feeling feeling well. We're going to try and get him actually in the studio and finally do a live guest in here. First one in quite a while. And see if he can play a couple original tunes from his uh, from his album that just dropped. I still want to get Mr. Paul Petrofesso. I think we're still going to do maybe a remote episode with him. <clears throat> and then I still need to get in touch with Mr. Slayton Johnson. He keeps he hasn't been giving me any any dates or times that he thinks he's available. But I want to get Mr. Slayton Johnson to also play some tunes. He's trying to get back into the music scene, trying to get the hands back together, and. I think it's going to be fantastic, man. I want to sit down and talk with him, see what he's going, what he's got going on. He's moved into a new place. He's been married since the last time I talked to him or gotten married. He's still married. Uh, hopefully he lasts more than seven to nine years or whatever the thing was. 
And uh, he's got a new rafting gig that he's doing. Uh, he's always done rafting, but he's got a new new company that he's with. So I just want to sit down and talk with him too. So some things coming up, exciting. And then who knows, in a month and a half or so, we'll be on the road doing some shows from the road. So look forward to that. Oh, another burp. All right, guys. Well, we're an hour in. I guess you know what that means. We'll talk to you soon. Love you guys. Be kind to each other.